Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 190th ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Revel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm great, Cameron. How are you? I'm doing well. You you look like more professional than I do. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm in tie-dye and a yeah, I forgot to backwards bring a, cap. Uh, I forgot to bring a shirt to change into after work, so... Oh, you usually change? Sometimes I do, yeah. Hmm. Well, I, th- I like you dressing up for oh, us. Oh, thank you, yeah. Just wanted to... I, sometimes I just think we need to really raise the level of professionalism on the show, and, yeah, you know, the everybody deserves our best, our Sunday best. That's true. Good point. Uh, how you been? Pretty good. Um, I had a little run in with some road rage here in town the other day uh <laughs> were you raging no no oh. you know i usually i know it's pretty surprising to some of you guys but i'm usually able to you know keep it under control pretty well my my anger issues you know i, I can usually keep them under wraps but okay uh the other day i was driving there's it was a three lane road so follow me here i'm in the far right lane somebody was in the far left lane we both just tried to get into the middle lane at the same time it wasn't a big deal i looked over my shoulder saw him coming just okay i'll go back into my lane no big deal um they honked which is fine they were just telling me they were there so i understand well maybe like 20 30 seconds later we're like driving down the road next to each other now and i hear this huge thud and i realize that the person in the passenger seat of this same car had threw a beverage really at my vehicle yeah just smacked me right in the car on the side of the car like after after the ordeal was over (laughs) yeah like well after probably i mean I say well after is probably 20 seconds later. That's and uh, yeah, I just I was like, what was that? And I thought it was like a shoe or something at first. And I just heard the thud. You like saw him throw it and everything. No, I oh. saw I saw her beforehand, and then I I was actually just looking somewhere else, and I just heard the noise. And I look in my side mirror, and there's just like this drink on the ground, <laughs> like behind me with all the ice on the ground and everything. And so I was I was you know I try to like I said I keep my emotions under control for the most part but i was i was not super happy about that though i'm not gonna lie massive over overreaction so if that was you out there i just like get it together what was going through your head i just want to know over that complete non-event probably not one of our listeners our listeners would never do anything like that i completely agree Uh, i've never really been in a road rage situation thank goodness so hopefully never will yeah I had to, you know, I had to ride the bumper a little bit, just let them know how I was feeling about it. And oh. they, they pulled off into a parking lot. So, you know, I did felt you get like their I, insurance information? No, I sure, I sure did not. But so, you know. Well, I'm glad you made it here in one piece. Yeah. I didn't want to get anything, you know, I didn't want to get out of control. Yeah. You know. Right. De-escalate. But, but I wanted them to know, I'm not happy about you throwing a beverage <laughs> at my vehicle at the same time. So I did have to wash my car off later in the day because there's this huge splash mark on the side of my car but oh, wow that's pretty wild i feel like i just have interesting occurrences in my life recently i had to tell everybody about it that was a good little story um kyle the basketball roster is had another turnover period so every week we lose some players add some players so we'll go over all of that we coach gates hired the third assistant to finalize that uh, before we dig into all those juicy details, don't forget to subscribe on YouTube. Gained a few subscribers last week. We're so close to 400, so help us get there. We would appreciate that. And uh, if you're just listening to the audio-only podcast version, please leave us a review on Spotify, a rating or a review wherever you listen to us. And if you want to support the podcast directly, 
You can do that at patreon.com slash Missouri Sports Pod. So Kyle, Kyle Smith-Peters is the third and final assistant for Coach Gates and this new Mizzou basketball staff. Yeah, great name. Uh, I have great feelings about how that's going to go solely based on the name, but it feels good to have the whole coaching staff finalized and have everybody on board. And, you know, I feel, it felt like it got started a little slowly. You know, it, didn't, it felt like uh, Dennis was a one-man wrecking crew for, I don't know, a couple weeks. Yeah. And, I don't know, sometimes with a new hire, you expect that assistant coach news to come pretty quickly. And it, it didn't really this time, but gang's all here now. And I, I'm really, really happy with uh, how it looks right now. Yeah, so Smith-Peters... He was a head coach at John A. Logan Junior College. We've like mentioned them in every episode for the last <laughs> month or so. Uh, Sean East played there. And uh, before that, I, I think he's been there for like almost 10 years or so. Uh, yeah. Before that, he was an assistant under Paul Lusk here in Springfield at Missouri State uh, for a little while. And he's originally from Illinois, played basketball, I believe, at Southern Illinois. So regional uh, connections and uh yeah coached right here in springfield so i think it really makes a lot of sense we were able to give him a nice little raise i assume and uh won't be too far from home i overall i love it uh we know coach gates wants to dip into the juco ranks to fill out the roster probably for the foreseeable future he'll be keeping tabs on the top players uh in juco Mm -hmm. and this will only i think strengthen that and it's not like smith peter's only coaching has been done right. at that level. He is a basketball coach. He's uh, been a D1 assistant. Yeah. So, yeah, I like it all around, especially for your third assistant. I, I feel like it's a, it's a good hire. Yeah, I think it's a move that makes a lot of sense for, for Smith-Peters, too. I mean, there are just challenges that come with being a head coach anywhere at any level and dealing with kind of being the guy that's responsible for dealing with all of the personalities in a program and uh, you know, also trying to win games. There's so many things that are going on in a program that you are responsible for. You are the first uh, person that is in charge of all of these things. And to be able to get a raise and take some of those responsibilities off your plate and just kind of work under somebody else, learn, and then hopefully you will probably, you know, go on to be a head coach again someday at a yeah, higher still level. pretty young. But um, that, that's a move that makes a lot of sense for him and he gets to uh bring one of his players yeah well i mean sean east committed to missouri before this hire was announced <laughs> yeah that's true might have been in the works definitely for while, not connected but. whatsoever uh so now the the assistant coaching staff we've got cy we've got dicky nut mm-hmm. we've got smith peters uh what give that a, that group a letter grade how do you think coach gates did if you were grading him with a letter grade on filling out this uh, assistant staff? Honestly, I think CY is such a great hire. Um, I think that's obviously the headliner. He's the associate head coach, but uh, I'll give it a, I'll give it a B plus. I'm giving it an A, just a, just a solid straight across the board. A. I don't blame you whatsoever. I think it's well balanced. I'm very happy with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. CY definitely, he, I think he's one of the best assistants in the country. All three assistants have been head coaches before. Good kind of uh, diversified uh, experience. Yeah. Difference at, or experience at 
several different levels of college basketball. I'm pretty Lots excited. Of connections. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we've had a couple departures um, as far as players that some people expected to take up a scholarship next year that will not be. Uh, Christian Jones, the um, high school commit out of East St. Louis, uh, asked out of his NLI, so he will not be coming to Missouri. He's reopened his recruitment. That was uh, something that I think people expected if he stuck with the Mizzou commitment it seemed like maybe he would do a year to prep school or junior college before making his way over um, that's not going to be the case he is most likely not going to end up at Mizzou regardless yeah I mean this is I mean this is a example of just a difficult conversation that Gates probably had to have and it's no, nobody likes to see this kind of stuff happen even though we felt like it was fairly predictable and you know i don't like to see christian jones go because you know he wasn't like the most productive high school player ever he wasn't putting up you know crazy numbers or anything but i think you can definitely if you're watching his film or watching him play you can definitely see a path for him to be a really good college player and really to continue to develop i mean he's got a nice looking shot and good ball handler and that kind of stuff so i you know i think that he'll end up at a decent program and you never know i mean that's just kind of what college basketball is right now is if you can take a if you can take a chance on a more experienced player who's done it before at the D1 level you're probably going to do that over a high school player which is just mainly an unknown even some of the top freshmen in the country even a top 100 player sometimes can be a completely unknown you know commodity so it's just it was a little bit predictable yeah I think we knew this probably would happen but you still don't like to see it happen and maybe if he uh ends up starting off his college career really well he can bump up to the next level yeah i would i'm so intrigued by this process now in college basketball and football mainly uh just the scholarship math and uh you know guys having to reopen their commitment or their recruitment i don't know i just would love to know how these conversations actually play out and you know when a new coach comes in the conversation he's having with the players already on the roster. How is he indicating to guys that their spot is safe versus not? That all just yeah. intrigues me so much. And I would just love to know how exactly that goes down. Maybe one day we'll interview a former player or something that uh, has transferred once or twice and yeah. we can ask him those questions. Well, I'm sure that there's a, some degree of that going on even before they're committing. I, I know I think coaches have to be transparent even when it's difficult, um, they probably have to tell guys like, "Hey, we got a guy in front of you right now. You might have you probably right. can't commit right now. Right. Got to wait until we see what this." I mean, I'm assuming that's happening, yeah. or else you are going to have a, a bunch of guys that potentially might commit when you aren't ready for them. Yeah. And I'm sure uh, coaches are just kind of used to having those difficult conversations at this point because ultimately uh, they've got to do what's best for the program, even though that doesn't always mean the uh, the athlete first, which is it's difficult. Okay, I want to stay on this transfer portal thing for just a minute because I just thought of something that I've been thinking about. Obviously, transfer portal conversations have been happening now, and there's people coming down on different sides, different opinions. Um, some people think it's the end of college athletics. And uh, one thought that I had was just you do have to keep in mind, I think, when you're thinking about these things, that a player's scholarship is really just like a one-year deal. 
you know, it's renewed at the coach's discretion each year. And I was wondering if maybe some kind of like guaranteed multi-year scholarship might be a contract. Well, (laughs) (laughs) uh, yeah, something that's more like a contract uh, that's, you know, obligates a school to have a scholarship for a player for multiple seasons. And uh, because, you know, I think people are kind of being one sided when you think about people get frustrated about a player, you know, trying to go to three different schools in three years. Right. And there's waivers, there's a one time transfer rule where you can transfer wherever you want one time. There's no rule like that for a coach. A coach can be three different schools in three years and, you know, move up the ranks and it's not a big deal. Nobody really questions it. And, um, I think we're kind of seeing the balance of power shift back to the players a little bit. Mm -hmm. But if that's something that bothers people, then I think you just have to even it out by offering something concrete for more than one season. Yeah, I think it's just, I I know that our listeners are probably going to fall all over the spectrum in this conversation. And so I don't want to hurt any feelings here, but I do feel like a lot of times whenever people are having that opinion, this is the end of college basketball, um, all those kind of really extreme opinions i feel like it's typically an emotional reaction to a mizzou player specifically leaving sure and um i don't know it it is easy to feel that way like oh the transfer portal is just destroying college basketball or college football when um makai wingo goes to lsu Mm -hmm. and like yeah that was like that was not a great feeling um but i also feel like this is just the way it's going to be and i think it's fun the other way around too and when missouri is totally revamping their roster through the transfer portal i think it can go both ways and i don't know i think it i, I think it's fun and exciting this whole last month mm-hmm. has been really fun just to see what how the roster is going to come together i think it's been a way for missouri to make their roster a lot better really quickly i think uh there's actually a take in there somewhere where it's it's a little bit more nuanced than this is the end of college athletics but in some ways, you know, I don't know, maybe 50 years from now or something, I could maybe see college athletics being very different than it is right now. I could see it being more of a amateur league that has a more express purpose of feeding professional leagues. Right. Yeah. If, I mean, if, there were, if it was more contractually based sure. with how scholarships are given out mm-hmm. and uh, NLI money and stuff like that. Right. You're NIL still, money. you're still dealing with universities. The, the players are still attending universities right. and going to class and everything. So yeah. it's hard to envision a process other than a yearly renewed scholarship. But I mean, NIL exists and that came up pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you never know. Yeah. There's a, a lot of, uh, you know, bugs and stuff to figure out with how these players are getting paid. Yeah, I mean, and 10 years from now, the NCAA might be dismantled, so who knows? Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't really want college athletics to turn into just a, a business. Right. But at the same time... But you got you can't be naive about it either, though. Yeah, and the players are being treated as if it's a business right. for the most part. Yeah, they are. This is, this is uh, their career at the moment. And for some of them, it will continue to be their career uh, professionally. And... So I don't know. Yeah, I guess all I hope for is that the the players get their uh, dues as far as you know 
Sure. If it's going to be a business, then the players need to be able to treat it like a business as right. well. That was a, that was a little transfer portal talk. Uh, speaking of transfer portal, Yaya Keita is in the transfer portal. So that's uh, freed up a scholarship that was needed because Missouri already got some other transfer commits. The We were over on scholarships for like a day, I think. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's been kind of touch and go as far as like a new player committing and then another player yeah. leaving. It's like pretty obvious. Like yeah. writing's on the wall. Somebody can't stay. Um, yeah, again, this is uh, another situation where uh, Yaya Keita seems like a great young man, great story, um, hasn't even been playing basketball all that long in the grand scheme of things. So uh, just injuries have completely kind of sidelined him for the past couple of years and uh, limited his athleticism, which is, you know, his high motor, his athleticism is one of the things he had really going for him coming out of high school. So this move, I guess, again, isn't super surprising. Don't don't like to see it happen, but um, hopefully he lands somewhere where he can get back on his feet and, and stay healthy somewhere. Yeah, he probably needs to, I don't know. If he was staying with Mizzou, I would have like hoped, honestly, that he redshirted a year to just completely heal up and uh, get back, get his legs back under him, literally. <laughs> um, so then let's talk about the additions to the roster. Um, I'll trying to back it up here i think sean east was the first of the three that we added this past week so he committed to mizzou point guard played at john a logan junior college and uh, also previously played at umass and bradley actually played against missouri with bradley a few years back and uh, now he's a tiger yeah this is uh this is a big one um, got a point guard got a point guard man it feels good um Obviously, uh, capable of scoring and distributing. I mean, he can kind of, uh, kind of do it all uh, from the point guard. And I mean, pretty illustrious co- uh, career uh, at JUCO. Yeah, JUCO Player of the Year last year. Yeah. So I think he what averaged twenty something points a game. Yeah, I think uh, I saw a tape of him putting up forty three points in a game. Yeah. He's a really good free throw shooter. Um, he has incredibly uh improved incredibly at three-point shooting during his time at juco he was just kind of okay maybe a little below average uh at umass and bradley but uh if he's figured that out and uh obviously his shooting form looks fine and he's just making everything at johnny logan so hopefully that translates uh he's uh he's a really good playmaker i mean he finishes in the lane nice floaters and stuff off the backboard he obviously was a super high volume shooter this past season so i don't think that's quite going to translate next year to mizzou and uh there will be a little bit of a transition period but he's played d1 basketball before so mm-hmm. it's not going to be brand new to him this i'm pretty thrilled with this addition and um the other point guard we got nick honor we'll talk about him in a sec but now having two point guards that are both can you know facilitate they're both low turnover guys uh probably east a little bit more of a wild card there just because he's at least in the film that i saw he's just trying to do more i think but yeah i'm super excited this is a a spot that we've been needing to fill for a while like all of last basketball season and this off season i was gonna say after watching all of last season 
man, uh, we we could have really used a, a guard that was reliable and just not we don't even need we didn't even need somebody that could score last year just somebody that could facilitate get the ball move, movement going uh, turn it know, over penetrate the lane a little bit yeah and so it's it's great to now all of a sudden have two guys that are going to be able to do that and watching the ncaa tournament yes yeah. past ncaa tournament watching how many teams are playing with two point like two guys that can handle the ball on the floor at all times yeah like watching north carolina's run where Caleb Love is a point guard, but he's playing off the ball a ton, and they have just like a steady, solid guard who can run point when uh, Caleb's playing off the ball. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. I, I don't know how Conzo went from like Penson and Drew Smith in the backcourt at the same time to just no ball handling guard at all. Yeah, I don't know what the plan was there, um, but definitely the forgotten ingredient in the uh positionless basketball it doesn't the positionless basketball does not mean uh no ball handlers and that's basically what the recipe was last year so just a bunch of long-armed guys that can't dribble last year no lead guard no center that's that's positionless basketball yeah (laughs) yeah i think we're gonna see uh positionless basketball done a little bit differently sounds good to me uh, so since we already mentioned him, uh, Clemson point guard transfer Nick Honor committed to Mizzou, and yeah, another point guard. Yeah, love it. Uh, with this, I mean, statistically doesn't like excite you, or you know, his his stats don't necessarily jump off the page. But I was watching some film from him um, at Clemson, and heavily relied upon. I mean, it seemed like he had uh, he was you know a lot of playing time, high energy, uh, good defense, kind of up up-tempo style of play really like attacking uh on offense and defense really um but had some some game winners yeah Yeah, played a ton of minutes yeah so this was definitely not just like a guy that wasn't seeing the court much and and wanted to try and find somewhere else to get playing time he was he was heavily relied upon at clemson a very important piece of their offense yeah i would say not quite as dynamic of a player as sean east but maybe a uh higher floor lower ceiling Mm -hmm. i mean uh, somebody in our discord mentioned that uh you know having two point guards reminding them of drew smith and Mm -hmm. xavier pinson and i think we'll see some similarities to that dynamic with those two guys with Mm -hmm. these two guards yeah i think you can play them at the same time yeah i think so too um nick honor just seems like a really like good court vision like really good passer um just always kept the ball moving whenever I was watching some of his clips from Clemson. Yeah, he spent his freshman year at Fordham. He played 90% of minutes yeah. at, as a freshman. At he did score quite a bit at Fordham. He scored like, I think it was 15, 16 a game. He shot over 200 threes wow. his freshman year. Only 34%. Yeah, not terrible, but probably... Her- career 34% three-point yeah. shooter. Not terrible all right so we got two point guards i love it <laughs> um then the other player who committed to mizzou this past week was demoy hodge formerly of cleveland state so he's the second uh former viking to mm-hmm. join the tigers yeah this is again uh it's like we kind of we landed a bunch of forwards and stuff early on and uh but this is uh, a dynamic guard for sure high volume shooter um it's just these three guys we've talked about today are single-handedly gonna completely change the landscape of what Missouri looks like next year and uh I think Hodge will probably unless we land Jason Roach I definitely think he could lead the team in three-point attempts uh 
probably makes too. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's like a pretty pretty big guard um, who shot an insanely high volume last year at Cleveland State. Yeah, uh, really a pretty efficient player last year. Like a solid offensive rating. Offensive rating one sixteen, which is uh, like one hundred is average mm-hmm. and. Missouri, I think maybe had one player last year over with a offensive rating over 100. Yeah. Uh, so 116, love to see that, and um, yeah, if, just efficient score. Is uh, effective field goal percentage was ninth in uh, the Horizon League last year. Doesn't turn the ball over and an excellent defender. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Horizon League Defensive Player of the Year last year. You know, it's interesting as far as the Cleveland State guys go. I kind of feel like, uh, or the former Cleveland mm-hmm. State guys, Trago Million and Demoy Hodge. I feel like they're different players in the way that Gomillion is kind of the glue guy, the energy. Um, probably not going to put up a lot of points at Missouri or anything like that. And then Hodge, to me, is uh, the guy that you that shows up on the scouting report though mm-hmm. and gets a lot of attention. Uh, can't let him shoot threes. That kind of guy. And so they make kind of an interesting pair. And uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited for Hodge for sure. Yeah, I would say Hodge, looking at the players we have as of right now for next year, he's probably the guy that I feel best about like creating his own scoring opportunities. So if you get him the ball, uh, I think he can make a play for himself pretty reliably. Um, he, I can't explain how kind of unique it is to how efficient he was last year. He shot 33% from three, which is not incredible, but that's pretty solid. And then he also shot 64% from two, which that's like big man uh, post-scoring numbers right there. Mm -hmm. It's pretty rare for a guard to be that efficient in the paint. Mm -hmm. And it's not like he doesn't shoot a lot of uh, two-point jumpers. It was like threes or at the rim for him mostly. Anti-Amari Davis. Exactly. (laughs) All right. That's what the analytics say you should do, right? Absolutely. Shooting a three or making a layup. Exactly. Nothing in between. All right. So to recap now, returning from scholarship players that we had last year that are returning, we have Kobe Brown and Caleb Brown, Boogie Coleman, Amari Davis, and Ronnie DeGray. Are all those guys going to be on the roster next year or none of them? (laughs) Uh, I think... um, I don't know. I don't want. I don't know if I want to single people out, but I definitely. Th- I would say two of the three will be on the roster. I still think there's. Uh, Do the two have the same last name? Well, okay. I should. Oh, two of the three transfers I was, from last I, year. Yeah, I, sh- I should have clarified it. Um, I think both the Browns will be here next year. Out of the three transfers, De- uh, Coleman, Davis, and DeGray, I think probably one of those three guys will be gone. So newcomers now we have. DeAndre Golston, Trago Million, Demoy Hodge, Nick Honor, Sean East, Mo Diara, Aiden Shaw, and Noah Carter. <laughs> it's just, it's like almost, it is laughable. Just like yeah. how, especially, I'll have to add it all up another time, but like last off season and then off this yeah. off season. I thought last season was crazy, but this one has been even more crazy. Yeah. Um, do you think, who, who do you think starts at the one spot, East or Honor? Honestly, that's a great question. I feel like either one yeah, could. I feel like, honestly, Honor could, and Sean East could play off the ball a little bit more. I don't know what is his most natural 
position, but obviously you, I think you think potentially they both start though. I think they could. Yeah, man, I, this is kind of fun to, we are actually at the point where we have multiple players who could start at the one or two. Yeah. And we'd be okay with it. Yeah. I think I would guess, um, I think I'd guess Sean East will start at the one and Demoy Hodge will start at the two. I think that would be my guess. I think Hodge could probably play the three too, honestly, the three as well. Yeah. Three, two, one. Um, <laughs> Okay, so then who do you like at the three spot? Uh, let's put. Are you putting Caleb Brown at the four? Kobe Brown, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kobe Brown at the at the four for sure. Um, honestly, the three is like maybe the the most like black hole like position on this team because I don't know what they're gonna do with Diara. I don't know what they're gonna do with Noah Carter, and I think Boogie could play the three. And honestly, and if you got I Shaw out there, it, that's true. And if I could honestly name anybody that's i would probably name jason roach who I, who's not even on the team but i think he could be by the end of the off season mm-hmm. which jason roach is in my opinion the prototypical three that you want out there like six five guard who's just gonna shoot lights out yeah um but obviously we can't go that far he's not on the roster yet that's obviously speculation so uh man i don't know it seems like coleman makes makes some sense there potentially at the three I don't know that I see Aiden Shaw playing the three um, a whole lot in his freshman year, at least. Probably backing up Kobe at the four. Yeah. So I don't Noah really, Carter? I guess, yeah. And then probably for right now, slotting in Diara at the five, but yeah. he's playing like a very non-traditional stretch right. five situation. Yeah. yeah, I think Diara might be the most intriguing as far as like what are they going to do with this guy. Um because I don't, you know, he's like six ten, six eleven, but he's not a traditional five at all. Right. Not a post player, exactly. Yeah, and I think there were some people speculating on Twitter about like what he was going to play, what position he'd play, and he even responded to it on Twitter and was like, "I didn't know how was a five, so mm. you know, he, I don't know, I don't know what they're going to do." And it just seems like there's multiple guys like Aiden Shaw, Noah Carter, Kobe Brown, Diara. All four of those guys make sense at the four in a lot of scenarios in my mind. So. I don't know. I think they'll just be they'll be playing musical chairs. I think a little bit just yeah. I mean, basically, yeah. We'll have at some sometimes we'll have three forwards and two guards out there. Sometimes we'll have three guards and two forwards. Yeah. And sometimes we'll have three players who are kind of in between. Mm -hmm. That's positionless basketball. Honestly, I mean, Ronnie DeGray makes sense at the four too. Yeah. Which okay. Well, this brings me to this question. Okay. Rank these players on one through three on which one do you want most badly on next year's team boogie coleman amari davis ronnie degray number one would be the player you want to stick around the most i gotcha so like um two months ago a month ago i would have said ronnie degray number one easy but now he's like we have like three other players that are very similar to him so I think he's still the guy out of those three that I like the most as like being able to contribute at this level in his college career Mm -hmm. and be impactful for Missouri. But there's just now several other bodies that are going to be competing at the same spot, but he's got more time to grow into a role. It's true. Um, I guess I'm going to still put him in number one. Um, Then I'm probably putting Coleman second gotta hope he can make some threes in like a spot up shooter situation i know everybody's saying that but (laughs) it's not a guarantee honestly no 
um, then I, the only thing with Boogie is I think his defense is questionable too. Absolutely. out on the wing. Yeah, you're gonna have to cover for him a little bit. But when you have Hodge and Gomillion, um, Aiden Shaw, Diara, those guys can cover up for some stuff defensively. Um, I think we're we're looking at the same situation with Carter too, though. Yeah. Like, oh he, yeah. We're gonna be having yeah. to find matchups for him that are advantageous, or yeah. else he could be taken advantage of. Uh, so yeah, I put Coleman second, Davis third i guess i don't hate him as a player i mean he's still the same guy that scored 18 points per game in the horizon league that we're poaching other players from now and he was freshman of the year in that league so i know it's possible that davis could be really effective in a new offense little change of scenery honestly he had some all three of these guys really showed flashes at times last year where you know they were very valuable to the team and all kind of brought a unique role and i don't know it's just tough to know what they would do in a, in a different system yeah i think like i said a month ago i would have easily said degray yeah coleman davis and at this point i sort of don't have as much of a preference just because i like the yeah. way the rest of the roster has filled in so much i agree that's really yeah that's the main reason why I could potentially see Ronnie DeGray leaving is just because there's going to be a lot of competition uh, for playing time at his position. And I, uh, with three years of eligibility, uh, a guy who, again, showed flashes last year and kind of a interesting role, you don't like to see him go, but it almost seems like they've recruited over him um, in air quotes yeah, a little bit. He was seen in uh, photographs, like doing some shooting around with uh, members of the staff and kobe brown recently uh gates was taking a picture with um justin gage and like oh, in the yeah. background is kobe brown and ronnie degray shooting around with another assistant coach yeah. i don't know if that means anything really reading the tea leaves <sighs> i mean he's shooting in the gym he's staying <laughs> um it's gonna be so interesting to see how uh, minutes are divvied out because like DeAndre Golston and Demoy Hodge are like so similar to each other. I feel like that at this point, I don't know where you're getting minutes for Golston. And then if you're not getting minutes for Golston, how do you have any minutes for Davis? I, I think Golston actually could probably play the three. So he's a he's a big guard. He's like six five. Yeah. Hodge could do it too. Yeah. Man, having lineup Man. flexibility and just like guards. Yes. That will that could score maybe, maybe. I hope somebody can score. Do you think points will be scored? Yeah, I, I think I still think we're not looking at an incredibly well, uh, incredibly great three point shooting team. Yeah, but I think we'll be able to get up and down the floor. And all of the players on the current roster are so much more efficient than the former players. Like we have upgraded so much in efficiency with just shots going in the basket <laughs> yeah and we're talking about players in coleman and davis and even caleb brown who were like seeing significant minutes and might not on yeah, this team exactly um so are we still kind of looking for a true like a player to really play the five spot or i think it's i think that's very possible i think that our starting center couldn't maybe not be on the team right now 
and we're definitely still trying to get Roach to come here and shoot a uh, 200 three-pointer. I would certainly think so, man. He was, again, like maybe my number one guy out of all of the transfers we hosted a couple weekends ago on campus. I mean, I just so desperately need what role he fills. There was also a uh, Columbia, Missourian article where they interviewed Boogie Coleman's father about the coaching change and everything. And he seemed to think, you know, this doesn't mean everything, but he seemed to think that Boogie Coleman is going to, you know, enjoy a different, a change of pace and a new role within the offense and be asked to do things a little bit differently. And he's looking forward to it. So that doesn't, you know, I mean, I could see it. I really could. I mean, like I said, all three of those guys we talked about that were on the team last year, those transfers, they all have skills they can bring to the table it's just whether or not they're doing it consistently or whether or not they're doing it effectively within the system i think it might just be uh kobe caleb and ronnie degray back next year i think we might get a true five and a three-point shooter still but we'll see we'll see uh is this tournament team right now this ncaa tournament team i'll say nit not gonna not gonna totally rebuild in one year i don't think but i think we've put ourselves in the potential we put ourselves in the position to fight for that potentially yeah i agree man it's exciting times mm-hmm. um anything else that's pretty much it are we gonna have any new are we have any more bat symbols signals what is it called signal batman symbols this week bat symbols oh my gosh um yeah i think we will okay i think we'll have one more but by uh, the next time we talk next week oh wow that means somebody's leaving yeah (laughs) Yeah. all right uh you got anything else to tell anybody i think that's it special thank you to our patreon supporters at the ten dollar level and above brit trees brian smith ryan demore tristan ben smith parker daddy jd lewis hernandez tim keens and tyler harsel thank you thank you very much gentlemen you can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. We're on Twitter at Mizzou Sports Pod, and you can email us at MissouriSportsPod at gmail.com. You can find our t-shirts and stickers on our online shop, MissouriSportsPod.BigCartel.com. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will see you next week after a bat symbol. <laughs>